Well, it is always nice to travel, and especially when traveling with our fabulous WJR Travel Club listeners, uh, the best ever. I mean, it's just a lot of fun to be able to uh, to travel with these fine, fine people. Like-minded WJR listeners, we're just back from Paris. I just had a note here that Kim wrote for me, and I, I just had to make a phone call, so then I, of course, lost the note. But be that as it may, we're back safe and sound. Uh, Mama went with us, Earlene Kettle. Our sister, Bernie, Bernie Smith, went with us. And uh, Kim and I had a, a ball meeting all of you and being with all of you again, many of you, uh, several times on these WJR dream vacations with us. And there's going to be another big announcement. If you haven't gotten it yet, there will be today for the people that just got off our riverboat cruise to Paris and Bordeaux. And then next week it will be released to everybody because – well, because we want you to know about this next trip in August of 2024. I'll get into some of it. Today's a busy day because we're on location broadcasting live from the, is it, I should have asked this, is it Brigitte or Brigitte? Brigitte? The Brigitte Harris Cancer Pavilion for Henry Ford Healthcare right across from the main hospital downtown. And uh, so we've got lots to talk about. Our daughter Natalie just arrived in from New York this morning early from her job there at Real Simple Magazine. So it's it's been kind of a, a family reunion plus coming back to work, plus, of course, all of the news that was all bad. 25 Americans dead among more than 1,200 murder victims from Hamas terrorists. That also add over over 1,200 Palestinians who are dead because of Hamas. And many, many more will die, and it will all be the blood on the hands of Hamas, who didn't just stand up for a people. They were terrorists. This was not war. This was terrorism. Nobody, find me a place where Israeli armies or anyone else ever walked into a home, saw they were kids, and then killed them. Kids have died in these wars because, well, first of all, they're stupid wars in the Middle East, all based on God. That's a joke. Uh, but the point is, nobody ever walked in, saw that there were kids and killed them. Kids were killed, unfortunately, in bombings and everything else. But to walk in and slaughter children, elderly, women, people that were not soldiers, clearly, chase down kids at a concert and kill them, is beyond the pale, and it is why Israel has every right to make sure that Hamas doesn't exist anymore. And trust me, they'll do everything they can. The problem is Hamas is not just a group of morons, idiots. It's unfortunately now a philosophy, and that's where the problem is going to lie. You can take out anyone who is now Hamas, and you're still going to have problems, and it's sad. And if you look closely, you'll notice that that's some of our equipment left behind by our fine president. They left it behind in Afghanistan, and you'll find it there helping these terrorists. And the $6 billion released by our president to Iran, and of course, that money's in use here too. So it's all bad in every way. I'm not going to go on and on about it. It happened over the weekend. You've already had to digest an awful lot of it. We're not ignoring it. We'll have some very good people to talk to about it. Uh, Mike Rogers, who is currently running for Senate, uh, has a, a statement on the attacks against uh, Israel and uh, against the world. He'll be in on that. And then you might remember on our morning show, many years ago, we had an intern named Galit Benzur. She lives in Israel. She's an Israeli and has been living in Israel for years. We check in with her from time to time. Now we're going to check in with her under these uh, horrible circumstances. But there's other things to talk about. There are the great things that are happening in our community and right here in Detroit because of Henry Ford Health System, because of Bob Riney, President, CEO of Henry Ford Health, and Jerry Darby. President, Campus Planning, Development Design, Henry Ford Health. They've got so many good things going on here, and we're going to talk about that. We're going to, as we try to do, accentuate the positive. Relentless positive radio in a world sometimes that makes it difficult to do. We'll cover 
all of it. But I'm sure not just coming back from this wonderful vacation trip with our WJR Travel Club uh, listeners and travelers and just talking about the mess in the world underway now because, frankly, we're going to be talking about it for a long time. Because of Hamas, it's going to get much worse. And the blood of all of the Palestinians and Arabs, and I'm half Arab, will be on the hands of Hamas. Not on Israel. Hamas knew exactly what they were doing by poking the bear. You know what? If they go to war, they go to war. If they've been treated poorly by Israel, tell the world, let us know. But no Israeli soldiers have ever walked into somebody's house, shot little kids, beheaded infants. Nope, that's a whole different kind of hell. And anybody who supports their actions can go to hell. Because there's no supporting that kind of activity in any kind of so-called war at all. Nothing. I mean, it just... The people who are supporting them because Israel uh, has not treated the Palestinians correctly and it's, it's been a horrible situation for the Palestinians, there have been opportunities... Uh, where things could have been changed or made better, but unfortunately that doesn't appear to be what the one side wants. They only will be happy when Israel is destroyed and doesn't exist any longer. It's in their belief system, sadly. So they're going to get what they get all the time, and it's just unfortunate. So not going to spend a lot of time on it today because, unfortunately, we'll be talking about it for many days to come. Everybody should know. Just as I said, when the $6 billion was released by Biden, <laughs> that's not going to help the world at all. And it isn't. It's in play here. And someone just told me that the equipment left behind in Afghanistan is very useful to the enemy right now. Anyway, um, so other than that, uh, Mrs. Lincoln, how did you enjoy the play? I'm talking to you, Dave. Yes, uh... <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking to myself. Didn't mean to bother you there. I'm thinking to myself. Okay, where's he going with this? I don't have to go anywhere with it. It's I mean, if <laughs> yes, I have to explain to people how wrong it is to walk into a house um, and behead children and kill is, uh, infants, I, then I'm I'm talking you know, to the wrong world. It's um, it's 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 horrible. It's been going on forever for as long as I can remember. Um, this holy war. Um, each side thinking that uh, this piece of land belongs to them. Uh, but uh, the uh, the way that they're um, going into these homes and uh, killing children is um, there, there's no words for that. You got to tell me this though: Did they choose a kibbutz because kibbutz? Do people who live on kibbutzes not have guns? I think I mean because I think, everybody I, I think, in Israel, I've do. been there three or yeah, four times. Sure everybody do. has guns. I'm sure they do. So how come I didn't hear? If, like I hear about these texts where somebody's writing. They're breaking into my safe room now. Why aren't they standing there with their guns to shoot them as soon as they open up the door? I don't get it. It's a valid question. I don't understand what happened here. First of all, if Netanyahu can survive this, he cannot. I mean, this was the worst surprise Israel's ever had. Yeah. I mean, I I, I couldn't believe it myself. And I'm on the other side of the world. And, you know, I, I put a picture out. They, they, they put the Star of David on the uh, Eiffel Tower. It was pretty cool. It, rem- it did remind me of 9-11 in that regard, because I was in Germany when 9-11 happened. We were at an auto show. Link, were you there with us at the auto show? So we were there. I, gotta, I found the thing that Kim gave me, so I'm going to read it now. Bring the music down just for a second, because I'm going to... This is how I was going to open the show, believe it or not, but I couldn't find it, so I had to talk about the whole damn thing going on in the world. But this is it. We just returned home from our trip to Bordeaux and Paris... The beauty of a cruise is the ability to stay on board and relax or go out and explore. And like many of our JR Travel Club members did, several folks chose to go bike riding in the wine country and do wine tastings. Some chose to take architectural tours, and others enjoyed self-guided shopping on their own. The vineyard tours were absolutely glorious, informative, and the wine exceptional. Everyone got up and danced at our 70s party in their period attire. It was fun to see people enjoying all the props and wigs, that were provided by the ship, Kim included and myself included. Some of us enjoyed our informal scotch and cigar gatherings at the end of each evening. We capped off the trip with an amazing farewell dinner in the Eiffel Tower. The company, the food, the weather, amazing for the entire trip. That's how I wanted to start the show. I couldn't find it. 
I'm a little out of uh, position. Bob Riney just arrived. He will be our first very important guest here on a very special broadcast, the Paul W. Smith Show, Focus, live from the Brigette Harris Center Pavilion, Cancer Center. Stay with us. So nice to be here, just down the street from the Golden Tower of the Fisher Building and across the street from the the downtown Henry Ford Health System and the soon-to-be-built new facility that we've been hearing so much about. A couple of guys who can talk about that and more sit alongside me here. Bob Riney, of course, President and CEO of Henry Ford Health. Robert? Always good to see you, sir. It is great to see you, Paul W. 40, how many years? 40? 45 this month. 45 years this month working for Henry Ford and working his way right up to the top. Alongside Bob Riney, the president, is Jerry Darby, MBA, vice president, campus planning, development, and design, Henry Ford Health. And my goodness, Jerry, you are very busy these days, aren't you? (laughs) Extremely. Extremely. Enjoying every minute. How's the new facility coming? Uh, Well, we're in the planning effort right now. Of course, we have a little bit of work to do with the community and everything along the way, but we're we're moving along. And uh, and raising money, MJ's here. We'll talk with her a little bit later. She's out there and understanding that you'll hear about these major uh, gifts that that give us, in fact, this wonderful uh, Brigada uh, Harris Cancer Pavilion. Mm -hmm. But it's the $5 and the $500 and the $5,000 and the the amounts uh, all across the board that really come together in a community project like this that's so very important for us to make sure we get to the to the goal line. Yeah, you're absolutely right, uh, Paul W. And, uh, you know, we ultimately want this to be the community's facility mm-hmm. for the most contemporary way to deliver health and to help people in their own life journey. And it'll attract people from near and far. And we want everyone to feel a sense of engagement. So while the huge gifts are, of course, the, you know, the game changers that um, we are so grateful for, the fact that patients like that get treated for cancer in this building will send us, you know, a hundred dollar donation because they want to be a part of it is really heartwarming. Yeah. And it's a very important part of it. In fact, Bob, while we talk about it, the team at Henry Ford Health and and your partners continue to share an incredible vision for the future of health. Let's talk a little bit more about what Henry Ford has planned, how this vision began, how the partners were identified. We've talked earlier about Michigan State and the Pistons. I mean, this whole area is being completely transformed. I think that the story, when all is said and done, is that this is going to be one of the greatest collaborations that Detroit has ever seen. And it's because you start with companies and individuals that have a lot of values. And everyone believes that the city of Detroit, with all its amazing transformation, needs a world-class medical center, an academic medical campus that will attract people from all over the world and also provide outstanding care for our neighbors right down the block. And so once you get that aligned vision and you realize it's got to be more than a hospital, it's got to be housing, it's got to be parks, it's got to be retail, it's got to be probably a hotel, it's got to be all these things that will create a thriving environment, and of course it's got to have research, you get partners that are excited about that. And so, you know, Dan Gilbert, obviously, you know, with his incredibly generous gift, Dan and Jennifer Gilbert, you know, they love Henry Ford, but they also love that we're in partnership with Michigan State because that's two of their particular loves. And Arne Tellum and Tom Gores and the Detroit Pistons, they came to the city and wanted to make a mark and wanted to improve health. Well, improving health is parks and access and safety and housing that's affordable for all incomes. So this coalition is just really exciting. And one of the, the things that you and I have discussed privately and I end on the air is Detroit deserves to have a world-class location. Nobody, look, I grew up in Monroe. I love Monroe. But if we had a big health problem, we knew we were going elsewhere. Uh, Nobody in Detroit should need to feel like they have to go elsewhere. We're a big enough city to have a world-class facility, and you guys are making a huge step in that direction in a lot of different ways and with a lot of different help. Uh, Jennifer and Dan, you mentioned the Gilberts, all these new facilities, all the other things that they're bringing from Chicago and from other places. But I, I want Jerry Darby, I want you to tell us a little bit more about the reimagined 
Henry Ford Hospital campus as we sit here, uh, how it's going to impact patient care, and, and what makes maybe this this development, in your mind at least, so unique? Yeah, there, so many things make it unique. Bob talked about the partnerships, but what we're able to provide from a healthcare perspective here in this new facility, um, right across the street from our 100-year-old legacy campus, where where we have uh, some of the best doctors and clinicians in the world operating right now, but able to provide them a new world-class facility that that really fits the level of care we provide, and will provide that um, shining beacon that we're looking for here. We're you know, 50 new ORs and procedure rooms, uh, an emergency department that's twice the size of our current emergency department, and really um, uh, allowing us to create an all-private room healthcare model um, on on both sides of West Grand Boulevard, um, and creating a campus-like environment that will look and feel inviting to all of the people who need to need to have that care and really give them the respect and, and, and the type of care that they all want where they can be with their loved ones and, and really have the environment and, and the type of care that's, that's required. Henry Ford has long had the medical chops. You've got some of the best doctors in the world, mm-hmm. sought after by other hospitals, in fact. You've stolen a few from other hospitals when, they, when you needed to. We've accepted them with. <laughs> okay, I forgot you're president and CEO. I am not, so I can say you stole them. But anyway, um, and and but now we're going to have the facilities, and that and let's face it, it all goes into it. And you know, when you mentioned Jerry, the all private rooms. You know how hard it used to be in the old days. Well, can I get my dad a private room? Well, boy, um, I don't think so, or whatever. It makes a world of difference. A world of difference. Especially now, because if you think about the innovation that's gone in healthcare, many things that we used to require hospital stays for are now outpatient. So if you're in the hospital, you are facing an acute illness or an acute um, need of some kind, all the more than that you want and need a private room. Right. Absolutely well put. Uh, you, we, we talked about, uh, of course, the Pistons, Michigan State, because that's a big deal. But the Gilbert Family Foundation and the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab, that's the thing I was talking about, isn't it, from Chicago. World class uh, in dealing with strokes, uh, in dealing with NF. I mean, you get, you're going to be covering everything. We are going to have a continuum of care that will be just what this community wants and needs. And the Shirley Ryan Ability Lab, 33 years running, number one in the world, ranked are miracle makers, and combining them with our neuroscience team that does such amazing work in stroke and in rehab, I I think that we are providing something that this community will be forever grateful for. And that's right here in Detroit, folks. Where it should be. Where it should be. You don't have to go to New York. You don't have to go to Cleveland. You don't have to go to Rochester. You don't have to go anywhere. You, You know what places I'm talking about. You can do it right here at home. And the sooner we get this thing built, the better it will be for all of us. How do people get in touch? Or do I wait for MJ for that? How do they, how do they start contributing? How do, they, do they go online somewhere uh, and, and start to plug in and help out? <laughs> MJ said, just have them call me. Okay. <laughs> MJ, MJ will cover that. She's done, her and her team have done an outstanding job. But you know uh, and remember Alan Gilmore. Uh, oh, yeah. The former CFO of Ford Motor Company, and he was chair of our board, and he had a wonderful line that he always reminded people of, and that's that no check is too big. And so... <laughs> that's a good line. <laughs> no check is too big. Bob Riney, president, CEO of Henry Ford Health. Happy 45th anniversary here with the company this month. Good for you. Jerry Darby, MBA, vice president, campus planning, development, design, Henry Ford Health. Thanks for putting together such a great facility to take care of all of us. And I'll tell you what, for opening, we're going to connect a zip line from the Fisher Building to this, and you'll be the first one that we will. <laughs> Can I get back to you on that? <laughs> we continue on WJR at 1230. It is so great to be here and to be able to see a new, new friends and old friends here at the Brigada Harris Cancer Pavilion, which is right across the street from the, the Henry Ford Health System uh, main campus, if you will. I've never been over here. 
I just have never been over here. So it's just great to be here in the lobby. We've done broadcasts over there in the lobby and other places in West Bloomfield and other, but never right here, right down the street from the radio station. Nice to be with us and with an old friend, Dr. Stephen Calcanis, a belated happy birthday. Thank you. It wasn't that long ago, was it? A few days ago. Yeah, well, good for you. And uh, he's the president, Henry Ford Health, and uh, Michigan State University Health Sciences. And Adnan Mankara, Dr. Ankara, is the board vice chair, Henry Ford Health, and Michigan State University Health Sciences. Uh, and nice to have you here, doctor. Thank you. Um, I, do, is this in the name now, officially? And Michigan State, because uh, I, I haven't done that before, Michigan State University Sciences? Well, this new partnership that we have is really referred to as our Henry Ford Health Michigan State University Partnership. Okay, all right, officially. Yeah. All right, so that's what it is. And as president, Henry Ford Health and Michigan State University Health Sciences, uh, this is a, an incredible partnership, creating a new health sciences center with, uh, I would imagine, a number of significant goals. Tell us about them. So this is an opportunity to have 2 plus 2 equals 10. It's a, it's a synergistic uh, bringing together of two amazing institutions. We have uh, big dreams for research making this a true uh, center of excellence for, for clinical trials, for innovation and, and new cures, for education, to, to really educate and provide a world-class medical experience for the community that we serve and beyond. Uh, we also uh, are looking at uh, combining some clinical activities and, and also really uh, focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion, and, and making sure that the city of Detroit benefits uh, at, at all turns from each of these innovations. The city of Detroit is going to benefit from everything that you guys have got cooking, as we've benefited for years from the very beginning of Henry Ford Health. Uh, and now, according to Dr. Moncara, uh, according to the National Cancer Institute, we're looking at a lot of people still, 2 million-plus, diagnosed with cancer in the United States in 2023 alone. Now, I know that Henry Ford Health and MSU in this partnership are going to address this. How are you going to do that? Thank you, Paul W. I think uh, we have a great opportunity. First, at Henry Ford Health, we have an amazing cancer program. We have over 1,250 team members who take care of over 36,000 uh, cancer patients on an annual basis. Wow. I can vouch that we have one of the best teams in the nation, if not in the world, taking care of cancer patients. We have always been committed to kind of drive innovation in cancer care to make sure we are providing not only state-of-the-art care, but innovative care where we are able to cure people to provide them better quality outcomes. And by coming together with Michigan State University, we'd be able to invest together to drive clinical research, clinical trial, translational research where we can bring research from the bench to the bedside so that our patients are diagnosed earlier, they are treated better, and hopefully are cured and have better quality of life. Uh, and, and with, with what uh, the good doctor is saying, it looks to me, uh, Stephen, as, as if this really is maybe a catalyst for change, maybe reimagining how you look at all these things. The future is now, and we're defining it here. And, and I'll tell you some of the things that we're so proud of and excited about is really as a result of this partnership, even over the last few weeks, we've uh, just heard that we were the recipient of one of the largest grants, not only in our history, but in the country's history, a $100 million grant from the NIH to sequence millions of Americans to, to figure out what is the molecular genetic underpinning of disease and how we can get ahead of it, predict and advance cures. And also, we're very proud of the fact that with our Michigan State partners and the city of Detroit, uh, we're advancing maternal fetal health and, and trying to eradicate the inequity that has plagued this, this community and our society to, to really reinvest and provide better options. And so that's another $20 million grant that we were given for that, for that purpose. And so, you know, from the, the daily touch points with the people we serve, as well as investing in new cures, uh, we're, we're really moving forward. And add on to what Dr. Kalkanis just talked about, Dr. Mankara, when you, you address the cancer disparities uh, that have plagued most communities in, in history. Historically, there have been some disparities and in our most vulnerable communities in Michigan. You're addressing that as well. Absolutely. We really believe that there is a huge opportunity for us to make a significant impact for our community, uh, both from access perspective, making sure that our vulnerable population has a access to the best care provided, but also to make sure to understand what's driving 
disparities in outcome because some of it is genetic, some of it is socioeconomic, and we want to make sure that we are addressing all of these. And to the point that Steve has brought up, we are making significant investment into addressing these things. We've, we've invested tens of millions of dollars in neuro-oncology, in lung cancer, in pancreatic cancer, in, in gynecologic cancers over the past few years. And we are planning to invest another 50 to $60 million over the next five to six years with Michigan State University to address these issues that are going to help our community, both the most vulnerable as well as any person who is, uh, uh, who is afflicted with cancer. And, you know, uh, for those of us of a certain age, uh, when we never said the word cancer or when we whispered it, cancer, or we called it the big C or whatever, we've come so far because of your work, doctors, and we thank you for that. We've come so far. I know there's more to go, but you're really on the road to success in beating cancer. We are. And we will we'll continue to work hard to battle that disease. Thank you for that. We Thank appreciate you. it. Anything else you want to throw in there that is important to you? There's never been a more exciting time to be in Detroit, to be at Henry Ford, to be in healthcare. All of the advancements that have been brewing over the last few years seem to be at this inflection point moment. And uh, we're, we're excited to, to finally bring new innovation and new cures, hopefully very soon. Dr. Stephen Kalkanis, President, Henry Ford Health and Michigan State University Health Sciences, and Dr. Adnan Munkara. Board Vice Chair, Henry Ford Health, and Michigan State University Health Sciences. Gentlemen, to you and the men and women you represent, thank you so much for the good work you're doing. Thank, thank you, you, Paul W. Thank you, Paul W. We continue on WJR. It's 1243. Well, you know, I was traveling, obviously, with our WJR Travel Club and some fabulous listeners. Uh, we all had a great time in Paris and in Bordeaux, and we've got some other great news coming up and announcements of other trips that they will get to first dibs at, and then we'll all get a chance to uh, find out about them and uh, sign up for them, too. Unfortunately, while we were traveling, we heard of the atrocity that happened uh, from these terrorists, Hamas, uh, and, and some of the atrocities that happened after the main atrocity were the atrocities of people blaming Israel and somehow giving credence to what Hamas did. If, if somebody can show me where Israel has ever sent their soldiers into people's homes and uh, shot children once they even saw they were children and still shot them and then beheaded them and then went to a music festival and killed a bunch of innocents. I mean, if they want to have war and go after uh, soldiers, that's one thing. That's what's been accepted. It's been wrong for so long out there because they just keep fighting each other. I don't want to go down the path. But, but I thought the first thing I thought of is I got to talk to Mike Rogers uh, because he is, he is uh, so smart and so level-headed about this. He's had so much experience in, in intelligence and in working for our country. Um, he said, among other things, before I even said I wanted to talk to him, I knew he would say something important like this. The massive coordinated attack by Hamas into Israel would not be possible without the sign-off and support of their patrons in Iran. The fact that another Iranian client, Hezbollah, in Lebanon is on alert on Israel's northern border shows further coordination. This attack comes just one short month after the Biden administration released $6 billion to the Iranian regime. What did I complain about when it happened? I complained and complained. And when he, the president said, oh, no, they promised they'll only use it for humanitarian. I thought, how many times are we going to let this man make such stupid mistakes on behalf of our country? Well, I don't want to come back from vacation just like this, hitting the ground running. I want to hear from a guy who knows what he's talking about and does a great job, a guy who is currently running for Senate, and I support him. I would support him for president, which is what I was hoping I'd get a chance to do. But he is running for Senate, Mike Rogers. Uh, Mike Rogers, God bless you, and good afternoon, and welcome to the program. Paul, always good to be on with you, my friend. Uh, we know that Israel will defend themselves as well they should and any country would under these circumstances. Tell me what you feel, what you know, what you think's coming. Well, there's, uh, they have two problems. There was some missiles fired from the north. Uh, not sure if that's quite Hezbollah yet, but it certainly does, it has the fingerprints of that. And I think that's all to destabilize what uh, is about to happen in Gaza. They are going to invade Gaza, the Israelis. Uh, and they are going to dismantle Hamas, which uh, I hate to say it is long overdue, obviously, when you see the kind of terrorist activity and the raw brutality of beheading children, raping women, shooting children in the back, uh, all caught on video. I mean, it's uh, it's pretty, pretty devastating. 
And the only way they're going to deal with them in the future is just dismantle them. It is a terrorist organization supported, funded by Iran. Uh, really troublesome. Why is it we have people within the sound of my voice in Dearborn and elsewhere who don't believe that Hamas is terrorist in their uh, approach to what they do? I mean, who can, who can justify in any way, shape, or form the, the, these atrocities? You know, uh, it, it does defy logic. Yes, you can be Palestinian. Yes, you can be proud Palestinian. Uh, encourage all of that. However, you can never condemn the raw terrorist brutality that we, we just witnessed. It can't be condemned. There's no room for error on this. It, it's, it's just, I, I just can't understand how that people don't see that as the whole package and understand how wrong this is. And, and in my opinion, as I've said before, Hamas is now going to be responsible for so many Palestinians' deaths. They clearly don't care about the Palestinian people. They care more about their, their political agenda because they know damn well what's going to happen if they go into Israel and do a, a quarter of what they've done, let alone everything they've done and continue to do. Yeah, and this was that final straw. I, you know, they were trying to work with um, uh, the Israelis were trying to work with Hamas. They were they had these economic visas, if you will, where people could come across the border uh, and work and go back to Gaza. And they were duped, if you will, uh, because all of the disinformation campaign was saying, "Hey, these folks, um, they don't they want this economic boom. They're they're ready to." negotiate in good faith, all of those things, and come to find out underneath uh, they were just planning this, you know, just ferocious, brutal terrorist attack. And so they're they're just not going to have a choice going forward um, to dismantle it. Here's the good news. There were people in, excuse me, there were people in Gaza who were saying, maybe Hamas has got to go. They've been in charge for 20 years. The schools are a disaster. The economic prospects are all but gone, um, there, there will be good people from Gaza who will hope will rise up in the next generation of leadership to actually put this thing back where you can have negotiation and other things. Well, the only concern at this point is they can wipe off every a member of a so-called member of Hamas, but it's become more than just a group of terrorists. It's become kind of a philosophy, and we need to get that cleared up or they'll never – There'll be no rest. There'll be no peace ever. And I'm sure there are enough people who believe that's the case anyway. But for God's sakes, on behalf of the world, we can't have this continuing the way it is. No, we can't. And Iran needs to be held to account as well. I'm not talking militarily, but they gave Iran the ability to sell oil. The Biden administration, a disaster. That money, we know for a fact, is going to support terrorism in the region. I, listen, that's got to I'm hearing... I'm hearing people from inside saying that they're seeing our equipment left behind in Afghanistan being used now in this in this one. So we've got they've got our equipment and our six billion that was released. I mean, what else? We got to run. Thank you, Mike. Yeah. Well, it is so great to be back home, if you will. We had a great trip with our WJR Travel Club. A lot of great folks went to to Paris and then. Uh, the Bordeaux region of France, it was just good all the way around. We had a good time, and uh, we're glad to be back. And uh, if you were one of our travelers, you get a couple of emails today that will fill you in on some special opportunities and uh, some other uh, great uh, things about, about future trips and about this current trip, too. There will be some information for you. And uh, we're just back and, and, and loved it. It was a... Beautiful cruise with our WJR Travel Club. Some of the nicest people you ever meet. I say this, and it's true. People become lifelong friends when they meet on these cruises, and many of these folks that were with us on this trip have been with us before, and I'm certain will be with us again. And the, the vineyard tours were glorious. The wine was spectacular. We got all dressed up for a 70s party. It was a lot of fun. And we had a little informal uh, scotch and cigar at the end of the evening where we solved most of the world's problems so it was a oh and an amazing farewell dinner um in the eiffel tower so these are great experiences cruise and tour puts together and i suggest you go to wjrtravelclub.com and see 
some of the other things that are going on and some that are coming our way that uh, we can all look forward to, and I hope that you will look forward to and join us on another one of these trips. Meanwhile, uh, we're having a, a very interesting time here broadcasting live from the Brigada Harris Cancer Pavilion for uh, Henry Ford, and we're happy to be sitting with Madeline Van Tassel, MHSA, Vice President, Henry Ford Cancer Service Line, and, uh, and here to talk about this cancer pavilion and the Henry Ford Pancreatic Cancer Center. So uh, the creation of this uh, Brigetta Harris Cancer Pavilion was fueled by philanthropy, honoring the life and legacy of a Detroit businessman and philanthropist Mort Harris, uh, who made a generous gift toward this happening. Madeline, tell us more about it. Nice to have you here with us. Oh, thank you so much, and it's a pleasure to be here and have you here with us. Yes, we have the privilege of sitting here today in this beautiful facility and have this, you know, accessible for our patients here in the community because of Mort Harris. Uh, and he gave that extremely generous donation to make this facility possible, make what we do here possible in honor of his wife, Brigida. Um, you know, she was a grateful uh, patient. She actually received care here for pancreatic cancer and was just so um, thankful for the excellent care, the multidisciplinary care that she received, uh, that they wanted to make that possible for more people in the community. Uh, what, I, what I love the most are some of Mort's uh, words that he shared in the last couple months of his life, which were, uh, this is for my wife, my dear, darling wife, Brigida. Uh, mm. But it's for more than Brigida, more than for my family. This truly is a gift for mankind. Um, and so we take those words uh, to heart and inspire us every single day to, you know, get a little bit better, do a little bit better for our patients, and, and really use the gift that he gave to mankind here uh, to improve our community's health. Madeline Van Tessel with us. I can see that every square foot of the Henry Ford Cancer Institute, Detroit, uh, is truly designed with the patient's care journey in mind, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. Um, the architectural aspects of this building, uh, as well as the healing arts programming, uh, the things that you see around you were really crafted intentionally to support uh, a very warm uh, and patient-focused environment. Uh, you'll see that here in the lobby we're sitting in today, all the natural light, the curves, uh, the grand piano that's usually here where we're sitting now during the radio show. <laughs> Somebody said they had uh, to move the piano. I right. felt terrible. <laughs> right. So it's really we try to create a welcoming environment for our patients. Um, you'll see curated art galleries throughout the entire building, including a donated art gallery by the Detroit Institute of Art. Um, you'll see views, beautiful views of the historic Henry Ford Hospital, of our, our Detroit skyline. Uh, even our donor wall that celebrates the hundreds of donors who've made everything we do possible uh, really is designed to be a piece of art and to create a, a really great space for our patients. So we celebrate uh, all of those things. We also celebrate Brigida's memory here in little uh, uh, ways of the artwork, of the colors. Her favorite color was purple. Her favorite flower was roses. Those are planted outside. Mm. Um, just really a lot of attention to detail. Um, we also have services here uh, that are unique and special. The Finn Silver family uh, made another generous donation uh, for the Finn Silver family Oncostat Clinic, which is cancer urgent care for patients. That doesn't exist many places, but we have that here. Uh, we also offer acupuncture exercise programs, all sorts of really interesting supportive programs to not just take care of the patient's disease, but to take care of the patient as a whole person. Uh, and that's really the philosophy we try to live by here. That's great. Acupuncture. Uh, because we've heard about it. It's been practiced for thousands of years, but it hasn't been big in American medicine. Right, right. But uh, it, there's a place for it, without Absolutely. question. Any of us who've ever had it know that we can get, many of us can get certain relief from certain problems that we wouldn't get otherwise. Right. I remember uh, a long while ago, a bad back problem that I had looked at a million times and a billion different things done, but it was acupuncture. And, in fact, it was the acupuncturist for the New York City Ballet. That's how ah. I remember uh, uh, that, that helped me a long, long time ago with that. Well, you do such a nice job uh, with your responsibilities in, in partnership with the clinical leaders for leading the cancer service line toward its vision of being the leader in delivering that exceptional care and in generating foundational discoveries that, transform cancer care and outcomes as a as a part of your job and and you do it well 
and, and you've been responsible for the growth and advancement of these programs. Well, that's a very generous uh, statement there, I'd say, in partnership I, with I got it. <laughs> I got it from the people here. Do you think I knew that on my own? <laughs> yes. Uh, so, you know, this is a huge team effort, and we have incredible team members, uh, over a 1,000 strong, who come to work every single day uh, to provide the most empathetic and exceptional care to cancer patients that they can. Uh, we also focus on getting better every day than we were the day before um, and to keep every uh, – you know, the patient and every, in the center of every decision and everything that we do. Um, uh, and again, it's our slogan is take care of the patient first, take care of each other no matter what. And if you focus on that, we'll do good things. Uh, but it's a major team effort. And we have, we have the privilege of being in a facility here uh, because of the philanthropic gift of Mort Harris. Um, to be able to do that in a space that's very special, very comfortable, uh, and also supports the advancement of treatment options, the advancement of clinical research, and really uh, making a difference in the future of health of our communities. It is a beautiful, comfortable, supportive space setting, mm -hmm. which is what you want and what you need and what Detroit certainly uh, deserves. And that goes for all of the development that is going to surround us in the days, weeks, months, years ahead. It must be exciting for you to be a part of it. It absolutely is. And, you know, we, we always said uh, when we opened this building in January 2021 that this is a symbol of the investment of Henry Ford Health in our community because it was the first building that was established in over 50 years on this campus. Wow. Uh, but what we didn't know then, or some of us didn't realize then, was what a symbol it was uh, because, as you heard from uh, Bob Briney and others, uh, with the Destination Grand, the new hospital, with our partnership with Michigan State University, our partnership with the Detroit Pistons, now partnership with the Gilbert Family Foundation, Shirley Ryan Ability Lab, this will transform in the next 10 years in a way that we couldn't have even imagined then. So we feel lucky to be a part of it uh, and to be a catalyst for that um, and to not only improve the personal health uh, of the lives of people in this city and our community, but really the economic health of our city and our state of Michigan, given the investment uh, that we're going to be seeing here from Henry Ford Health. Well, congratulations and uh, continued good success to you. Thank you so much. Madeline Van Tassel, MHSA, Vice President, Henry Ford Cancer Service Line, as we continue here in a special broadcast on location at the Brigetta Harris Cancer Pavilion, right across the street from the main campus of the Henry Ford Health System, in the middle of all of this incredible growth coming our way. Because we're in a big city, we're in the city of Detroit, no Detroiter should ever have to leave Detroit for medical care, and you won't have to very soon with these facilities coming up. Stay with us. So nice to be back and to be with you with a special broadcast right out of the shoot here. And uh, nice to be meeting some nice uh, doctors and saying hello to them again for some of them back as they are working on the front line to help all of us. And that would be uh, including Dr. David S. Kwan, Clinical Director, Henry Ford Pancreatic Cancer Center. Uh, and here to, well, let's see. I got to go through the whole list here, Doctor. <laughs> I mean, I, you, do you carry two or three business cards around? We got Clinical Director Henry Ford Pancreatic Cancer Center. We've got Division Head Surgical Oncology Henry Ford Health. Physician in Charge Brigetta Harris Cancer Pavilion. Interim Deputy Director Surgical Oncology Specialist Henry Ford Cancer. Medical Director Cancer Care Pathways. Co Chair Game on Cancer. I'm sorry, Doctor, that's all the time we have. Okay. <laughs> what a wonderful day. <laughs> well, what do you do? I mean, I just gave everything you do, but what if you were to sum it up? You're kind of the you're kind of the guy running the show here. I'm, I, is I guess the best way to put it. Thank you uh, for those kinds of words. But at the heart of it, I'm a physician first. I am a patient centric physician. I'm a pancreas cancer surgeon by trade, and everything I do and every day I wake up is to take care of our patients in their darkest hour and their deepest need, <clears throat> and to see how we as a healthcare system and as a cancer service line can provide the best cancer care for our patients. God bless you for that. And, and you're still in one of those areas where that we, unfortunately, when we hear someone has pancreatic cancer, because of some very well-known cases of pancreatic cancer in the not-too-distant past, we think, oh, boy, that's tough. Yeah. That's a tough situation. It's still tough. It is still tough. Uh, the reality is, is when diagnosed with pancreatic cancer, 80% of the time is the cancer is found actually too late for definitive treatment. And as a result, it's really palliative or just how can we uh, give them time? And unfortunately, it's because we, despite all the advances in medicine, still don't have enough technology to really be able to diagnose it early enough for us to uh, treat with curative intent. It's got to be massively frustrating. 
It is. It's humbling, and that's why I think all of us in the cancer service line, not just myself, is cancer doesn't seem to be going away. And our patients really need people, professionals, passionate people to really try to do a better job of detecting it early, finding better treatments, and ultimately changing the overall survivals for all of our patients afflicted with cancer, not just pancreas cancer. But it's got to be tough to do what you do, facing a battle that some would say is unwinnable, at least right now. It is, but what gets me going every day is that there's hope. And in the cancer service line and in this building itself, we often say this phrase, hope starts here. And it's with me, it's with my colleagues that are standing next to us right now, uh, with the over 1,000 employees here that really are fighting uh, to help our patients in their darkest hour. And knowing that there's hope and that changes are coming, uh, treatment is getting better, really inspires us to come and work harder every day for our patients. Dr. David S. Kwan, Clinical Director, Henry Ford Pancreatic Cancer Center, and the Division Head of Surgical Oncology at Henry Ford. He's the guy in charge here, too, uh, as the Medical Director of Cancer Care Pathways. And you just uh, oversaw the reaccreditation of cancer programs across all Henry Ford uh, hospitals, and that's a big deal, and received the highest honor available with an Outstanding Achievement Award. Tell us a little bit about that, because you should be very proud of that. We are very proud of what we do as a system and a service line as in our commitment to cancer care. Um, this accreditation that you're referring to <clears throat> comes through the Commission on Cancer. And as an organization, we are one of the longest uh, standing organizations in the United States, in fact, that have a commitment to cancer quality care. And by going through these accreditations, it is verification that what we are doing falls within the standards of care, but more importantly, ensures quality that our patients receive the appropriate level of cancer care uh, across all disease sites. Is there anything out there that you're looking forward to, them getting to the end of a study or any kind of research that has tremendous hope, that has you kind of excited, keeps you going? Yeah, I think in the next decade, we are going to come across more technology that is a lot, that are going to allow us to detect cancers earlier. So Henry Ford is involved with various clinical trials about the early detection of cancers. And with the technology that we have for the first time in our lives is we're able to really analyze what's going on at a molecular level through the, the drawing of blood that can actually perhaps change the landscape of pancreas cancer, for example, so that actually 80% are detected early enough uh, so that we can do uh, earlier intervention and actually improve outcomes. So if we can actually find these markers, um, whether it's for breast cancer, brain cancer, bladder cancer, we certainly would be on the road to better recoveries and better outcomes. Is there, in, in your work, in your thoughts, in your opinion, your studies, is there any cancer that we could look toward eradicating sometime in the foreseeable future? I don't know if eradicating is the right word. Is Can you actually take a cancer and turn it into a chronic disease like diabetes that you, where you can live with it? I certainly believe in our lifetime there will be advanced stages of cancer that were once considered terminal that will turn into a chronic condition that we live with and keep at bay. And I do think that's coming down the pipeline. Fascinating. And that would be the best news yet. Yeah. Anything else that you want to tell us about or that we should know about in, in your area? Well, I think with pancreas cancer, especially here in Detroit, um, there is a lot of innovative research that is occurring. We've been able to recruit some really nationally renowned physicians, uh, physicians from all over the country and locally here that are involved with investigator-initiated trials, which are going to allow us to look at the newest chemotherapy regimens that may alter uh, our patient uh, outcomes. Uh, on top of that is at Henry Ford, we take immense pride in the fact that we work collaboratively with basic science researchers. So our patients have been the most generous of patients in the fact that they often donate their blood and their actual tumor tissue that allow our teams to scientifically look at them. And so what we're able to do now is we're able to actually use what are called organoid models is to actually take bits and pieces of tumor and grow them in a three-dimensional matrix uh, in terms of research so that we can, in the future, in collaboration with our MSU partners, begin looking at better drug regimens that can treat specific cancers. You know, the, the premise behind systemic therapy or chemotherapy traditionally has been 
really just try to eradicate tumors, but now we are going to be able to create patient-directed therapies. Uh, quick question. Is Detroit a hotbed of pancreatic cancer? Are we on the high end, the low end, in the middle? We're probably in line with national average, but I would say we're in the hotbed for outstanding talent and research. <laughs> of course you would, and you should, and I should have said that, so now I will. We're right in the heart of, the, of all the good things that are happening that are going to eradicate or control uh, as many cancers as we possibly can with the help of Dr. David S. Kwan and his team as Clinical Director, Henry Ford Pancreatic Cancer Center, Division Head, Surgical Oncology, Henry Ford Health, physician in charge right here at this pavilion where we are today doing our broadcast. Thank you, Doctor. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. It's been our pleasure as we continue. Paul W. in focus at 128. Now, before we're out of here, we'll give a little humor. We could use a little humor these days. Paul Mercurio is coming back to town, the Emmy and Peabody Award-winning comedian who checks in with us from time to time. This, uh, well, tonight, today's Thursday, isn't it? Tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, he'll be at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. We'll check in with him to close out the show on an upbeat, happy note. Meanwhile, uh, an old pal is here who's been, we talked about 45 years for Bob Riney, uh, MJ, we affectionately call her, but it's Mary Jane Vogt, is Executive Vice President and Chief Development Officer of Henry Ford Health. And how long have you been here? 26 years in July. And you're only 32. It's incredible. It is. It's, it, that is unbelievable. <laughs> I That's, know. I'm, wow. I'm, I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> you were one of the first people I met when I started at Henry Ford Health. And I remember we were at a Henry Ford-sponsored... Um, golf outing. The Van Patrick. The Van Patrick golf yes, outing. Yes. And you were to good. To raise money for cancer. And you were really good, and I still was bad. And I still Pretty am. Pretty much. I was bad. Yes. Well, we did raise a lot of money for we cancer. Did. We've raised a lot of money for a lot of things over the years. We have. You've been you a were, great partner. You were appointed Executive Vice President, Chief Development Officer at Henry Ford Health in 2021, but I presume you know that. Um, it, you, <laughs> your development work that you do is by reaching out to people, and, and people reach out to you, too, that want to help. And there are very significant ways people can help a great, fabulous health system like Henry Ford. Absolutely. And we just had... David Kwan on, and I'm sitting next to Ben Mopsis, and our physician partners are so incredibly important in the work that we do. Most of the donors here are grateful patients, so they've had a great experience. We've impacted their life in some way, and they want to give back, and it's just uh, such a rewarding work. Well, it, it, you mentioned Benjamin, uh, Ben uh, Mopsis, uh, who's here. A chair of the Department of Radiation Oncology, Henry Ford Cancer, medical director, Henry Ford Cancer, co-chair, Game on Cancer. When did you start giving so many titles to people? <laughs> Everybody's got like six titles now. But They're very important people. Uh, uh, Mopsis, I should say. Dr. Mopsis, uh, uh, tell me a little bit about what you're doing here as the, as the medical director of the system-wide cancer services. Thank you, Sean. It's great to be here. Great to have uh, you here. Thank you so much. It's uh, really an honor for me to be in the role of helping to coordinate and work together with such a fabulous team here. It's really, I've been here for 18 years and there's no more dedicated team of healthcare providers and particularly in cancer. You know, it's a team sport. You really need everybody working together, everybody coordinated, everybody on the same page, everybody looking at what's best for the patient who needs to always be in the center. And that's really always been our our view and our perspective. Well, you've done a lot, and you're, you're being very, uh, well, reserved about this, but I'll blow your horn for you then. Uh, you've introduced uh, world-first advances, including the first FDA-approved combined MRI and linear accelerator unit. You've published extensively more than 300 articles, book chapters, regularly presenting your research findings at some of the nation's top medical meetings. Uh, you served as president of the Society of Chairs of Academic Radiation Oncology Programs and president of the American Radium Society. There's only one thing where, where uh, apparently you failed to be able to get into the University of Michigan and you had to go to Harvard. <laughs> yeah, we still have to talk to them about that. <laughs> <laughs> but you brought – how did you make your way to Detroit? It's a, it's a great uh, question. You know, my wife and I were on the East Coast for many years – and um, I was at Fox Chase Cancer Center, which is a, um, a NCI-designated uh, cancer center. And 
when I started looking for positions uh, to be chair of radiation oncology, I came out here and I was just blown away. Uh, like I said, by the team effort, also by just the incredible support for the technologies that we've been able to offer here for patients. He mentioned about the MR-guided approach. We do what's called adaptive radiation, where we can change the radiation in real time to really benefit the patients. Um, we're using a new technology now out at our West Bloomfield Center um, called the Hypersite. Just so many different um, opportunities to help patients. And so when I came out here 18 years ago, um, my wife and I decided this is the place to be. We raised our family here, and the, the rest is history. It's a nice place to live. It's a it's nice beautiful. place to raise a family. Absolutely. Yeah. We've been very happy here. And, you know, I, I joke around with MJ because I've known her for 26 years, but um, you've doubled the donor base since you've had your latest position. That's a big deal because none of this happens without that. You're absolutely right, Paul W. Uh, we're sitting in the Brigada Harris Cancer Pavilion. Uh, that came about because of an incredibly generous gift from Mort Harris. Um, and I would be remiss if I didn't mention Josephine Ford, who 20-some years ago gave a $10 million gift to establish the Josephine Ford Cancer Center, and our cancer program wouldn't be what it is today without that seed funding. I look across here, and we look at the Nancy Vlasic Skywalk, mm -hmm. an amazing gift that was given by her late husband, um, Bob Vlasic, in her memory. And it's just absolutely incredible, these strong women, that their legacy will live on in, in creating better outcomes for people facing very difficult situations. Well, speaking of strong women, uh, this was a, a while ago. I'll never find all the information I need because I have papers strewn about, but the, the uh, Shirley Ryan Ability Lab, Absolutely. speaking of strong women, coming here now, people had to go to Chicago for that. Now it will be right here as a part of this big development with the Gilbert Family Foundation. Um, it's all good. It is, and that was an incredible partnership that, and journey that we went on with Shirley Ryan and the Gilbert Foundation and the incredible gift that certainly was announced um, a few few weeks ago is really responsible for bringing this incredible rehab hospital to Detroit and will be part of our campus, and we're just so excited. It will really create a destination point of care for Henry Ford Health. Well, I said it at the, at the beginning, and I, I'll say it again and again, that it, it, and you've heard me say this in little meetings that we've had, um, Detroit is too big a city for people to get sick here and feel they have to go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. That's what I had growing up in Monroe, and everyone understood that. It's not a put-down of Monroe. It's the reality. It's a smaller town. Mm -hmm. And the doctors and the size of the hospital, uh, uh, all of that is very important into getting the best care you can. We get the best care we can here. And it's only going to get better when we've already had the doctors. We haven't always had the facilities. And now with everything planned here with Michigan State and the Pistons and, and everything we've already talked about, we're going to have the facility. And there'll be no reason for anyone ever to leave Detroit for the best care in the world. You're absolutely right. We have the most amazing physicians around. And now we're sitting in this beautiful building, and we're going to replicate that with uh, our new hospital. We're so excited. And, and the donor community is already coming out in full force, and we're just so thrilled about that. Now, you call it the donor community because that's what it really is. It's kind of the same people uh, helping all the time. But there are new people. There are new entrepreneurs, new business owners, new people who've made it to a certain level and now want to give back. They may not know how to get involved in this. How do they do that? I know call you because you'll, you'll help them. But, but what's the first step? Absolutely. Uh, visiting our website, henryford.com backslash development, is a great way to learn about what we're doing. We've got a phone number on there. Happy to give a tour, make some introductions to some of the amazing doctors that we've spoken to today and would love to get them involved. HenryFord.com backslash development. Excellent. Dr. Benjamin Mavasas, thank you for all you do. Thank you so much. I, it's okay that you went to Harvard, <laughs> as long as they don't ever play Michigan in football. <laughs> thank you for all you do and what you continue to do. And MJ, for goodness sakes, 26 years and counting, Mary Jane Vogt, Executive Vice President, Chief Development Officer, Henry Ford. Keep up the good work. Any way we can help you at WJR, you know we will. Thank you. You've been an amazing partner, and thanks so much for the support. We continue in focus on WJR with Paul W. at 143. Thank you, sir. Um, great to say hi to an old pal who speaks to us, tries to speak to us whenever he's in town, and we're in town. 
having just gotten back from our WJR Travel Club trip, a, a great one. Go to WJRTravelClub.com. You'll see some of the other things going on. But uh, Paul Mercurio is an Emmy and Peabody award-winning comedian. He works on The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. He's appeared on that show, of course. He won uh, Comedy Central and HBO specials and hosts his own podcast, Inside Out, with Paul Mercurio. With uh, You've heard him tell us before, this pretty incredible guests on a podcast. When you consider, he's had guests like Paul McCartney, Kevin Costner, uh, the list goes on and on. He's in town starting tonight, headlining Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle, a show tonight through Saturday. And uh, you can get tickets by going to uh, uh, com slash ticket. But you, those of you who go to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle know how to get a hold of their tickets and their online uh, information. And that's always a great place for comedy when there's a great comedian like Paul Mercurio. And Paul is there tonight. Paul, nice to catch up with you. How are you? Hey, Paul, it's great to be on again, buddy. Nice nice talking to you. Thanks for having me. Hope you're well. I am well. I'm a little uh, jet-lagged and upside down, but good from a great trip with our WJR listeners and then uh, finding out that you were going to be in town and being able to get you on the show to kind of close us out. It's been, not been an easy time for my relentless positive radio because the world is kind of uh, upside down, as you know, right now. So let's yeah. let's take our minds off that, and I think a lot of people will want to do that coming to visit you tonight, uh, tomorrow and Saturday at Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. But I, I just wondered what it's been like because, you know, with the, 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 the writers on strike and you work late night TV, the late show, and uh, you must have been home a lot with the writers and actors on strike. What was that like? I, I was, and the strike ending, the be, the best benefit it goes to my wife and our dog because I'm out of the house now. They don't want me around. <laughs> I'm I'm not making this up. My wife and I have been together a long time. Okay, we we dated, uh, and we met in high school, dated 15 years before we got married, and then wow. yeah, yeah, she proposed finally. Um, <laughs> I uh, I can't tell you her exact words because I get really emotional, but they ended with or get off the pot. And uh, <laughs> and it got to the point where I'm just, she said, you're like a tornado when you come in the house. We have our routine, the dog, our son, whatever. She said to me, your, your, your chewing is annoying me. That's what she said to me. I was eating almonds. <laughs> yeah, you laugh, Paul. I have to eat almonds in a closet now, okay? Like some prisoner of war, okay? It's really bad. And my dog finds me <laughs> annoying. My dog, Daisy. We adopted Daisy. I saved her life. And she ins- she hurts my feelings. Whenever I walk into a room, I'm not making this up. She immediately gets up and walks into the other room. <laughs> I swear to God. And then when I walk into that room, she looks at me like, "Really? Can we just live in separate rooms, please?" She's just annoyed by me. And my wife goes, "Well, it's the sound of your voice. She finds it annoying." I'm like, "Do I sound like a vacuum cleaner? What are you talking about?" Right? <laughs> and then, hey, and then, yeah. by the way. They should have a lemon law when you adopt dogs because we got a dog with a weak sphincter, okay? So she has it. She can't control her little wee sometimes. So she gets, she gets stressed or I yell, there's a little accident here and there and everywhere, right? And so now, it's, and it's like, it's regular. It happens regularly. So if you come to my house, it's, it's wee pads everywhere. It looks like an assisted living facility. That's what it looks like in my house. <laughs> hey, listen. Uh, how's your mom doing? You've, you, you, she was quite a woman with a. She had her own uh, furniture business and all of that. How's she doing? She started a business in 1961 in a tenement house, high school educated with two little babies and my dad. And uh, she ran it for 63 years. She, we had to close it because she's 95 now and she's mad. She wants to open it somewhere else. I'm like, you're not opening anywhere else. She goes, why? Because I'm going to have to work in it and I'm not going to do that. She goes, well, what am I going to do right now? I'm, what am I, gonna... I go, you're going to retire. You enjoy your life. You go to the senior center. She goes, I'm not going there. Those people are old. I'm like, what? I go, I go you're old. You're 95. What do you think you're going to go skydiving with Taylor Swift? You're old, okay? And, and just, it just, she, she grew up in the Depression. She won't spend any money. And she has bad hearing. And she goes through garbage, looking for good garbage and stuff that's broken, and then she has somebody fix it and use it. Like, she found a hearing aid in the garbage. I'm not making this up. I hope you're making that up. No, I am not making this up. Her hearing aid, oh. and it whistles all the time. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you but she got it free. <laughs> she got it for free, and it whistles, and it's like a little song, and, like, everybody's happy. But So she's um, – and, and, you know, when you, you throw stuff out with somebody that – they don't want to throw anything out. 
right? So now we have to close the store. There's a lot of stuff to throw out, right? So I throw some stuff out, and then I turn away, and I look back, and the stuff I threw out was now out of the garbage and on the counter again. I'm like, okay, well, I thought I threw that out. So I throw it out again. I turn back. She took it out. She was taking stuff out of the garbage that I was throwing away because she wanted to save it. So this is how you have to throw stuff out with my mother. I don't know if you remember the scene in The Godfather where De Niro is the young Don and in, in the guy in the white suit and shoots him in the stairwell. And then he goes on the roof and he breaks the gun into a million pieces and he puts it in different pipes. That's, that's what you have to do with my mother. You have to take pieces of paper. I'm not making this up. You literally have to take pieces of paper and you have to like rip them up like into little, little pieces. And then throw them away in different pieces of different garbs. Crazy. Hey, we're we're running we're running out of time, Paul. You you I know you were a, a lawyer. Do you use any of your lawyering skills in your comedic act? Oh, I do, I do. And by the way, I wanted to mention there's a furniture bank uh, in in the area is having a benefit tonight Thursday at the at the Comedy Castle. So if you can all come out and support that. But my lawyering skills do come in handy. I tend to get con- confront and when. Like, I, I don't know if there's a bag shortage in this country because I'm constantly, constantly being asked if I want a bag. I had eight items on the belt, and the guy goes, you want a bag? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you do? I said, it's eight items. You want a bag? I'm like, no, you know what? I'm going to balance them on my head as I walk back to my village. Yes, I Paul, want a bag. We got, we got Paul Mercurio tonight, tomorrow, and Saturday, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle. Good luck to you. Thanks so much for being with us. Regards, Paul W. Smith.